it would seem that everything is falling apart as we start uh, streaming. But hi, everybody. Welcome to the Python Community News. I am one of your hosts without camera, Jay. I'm John. And it's uh, it's one of those weeks. Uh, there we go. Got a, got a backup camera on the ready. Uh, yeah, definitely one of those weeks where uh, we're coming back from a holiday. My computer doesn't want us to do that, but that's all right. We'll We'll get in there. Uh, John, how's your week been? Uh, hectic as always. How about yours, Jay? Yeah, you know, it's all right. It's all right. We're, we're, we're doing a lot here. Um, speaking of doing a lot, we wanted to let folks know we've, we've actually been doing a little bit of work behind the scenes on the uh, YouTube channel here. So not only are you going to see a little bit more stuff happening, but you also see some videos, uh, some of the We've talked to some people that listen to the live stream, listen to the podcast, and and we, we've been learning and, and wanting to apply some of those things that we learned. And, and one of those things was that um, obviously not everybody can listen in live. Not everybody can, you know, has time to, to check out an hour, hour and a half long podcast. Um, or by the time you, you're able to, it's it's time for the next week's show. Uh, so what we've done is we're we're taking some of the segments and we're we're splitting them up into some of the smaller videos. But the one thing I will uh, tell you is there's definitely some value in chatting with us live because we're going to be talking. This is where you're going to get most of our opinions. It's going to get the 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 lessons learned. Um, I I mentioned I think in one of the earliest episodes that you know John's got like what almost a decade of conference experience like conference organizing experience and you know i when when i have questions about like how does this work in the python community john's one of the people that i go to anyway so uh there's a lot of a lot of knowledge there um also you know just between the the conversations that we have with uh organizers you know board members and all these other things uh, we tend to to bring kind of a, a different perspective, especially if you're not in the community or I guess as active in the community as we normally do. So if you just want the news, definitely check out the YouTube channel. There's going to be uh, more videos, more videos than usual, more videos than we've been doing before. Um, I think this week even like, or I guess in, since since our last stream, we've, we've put up like five videos. So uh, you get a couple of shorts and, and some some snippets of, of longer form content. So be sure to, to check out the YouTube channel. It's at Pi Community News. Uh, if you go to youtube.com slash at sign Pi Community News, just like our Twitter handle, you can catch us there. John, we've got, we've got one smaller topic, and then we've got a, a couple of topics that I think are gonna dive right into our extra segment. Uh, so let's start with that first one, which is DEFNA, the Django Events Foundation of North America, is looking for another board member. Uh, they currently have a nine-member board, and they have one person who is stepping down. They're looking for someone to fill that space. Uh, I don't know, did you hear on, is this just kind of a, we're going to pick the, the person to take this space, or are they going to work to like do an election and, and other things? Uh, from what I can tell, this is an election. Yeah. Um, and okay. so uh, we've talked about a couple of couple of boards lately. Um, I think on our last show, we even mentioned that DEFNA uh, would normally be having elections coming up. Uh, I think this is 
more of a special election for for someone stepping down than it is the general for uh, uh, kind of the the normal year round um, yeah. board seats. But uh, but yeah, so you know, all, a lot of the same stuff goes here that I think we say about boards like the Python Software Foundation and the Django Software Foundation. This just happens to be more focused on the events side of things. Yeah, and, and we wanted to definitely make that distinction of, you know, the, the DSF, the Django Software Foundation, which we're going to talk about that later. Um, that That board is more responsible for the maintenance and maintaining of the the overall language and, and its community, whereas DEFNA is focused on kind of North America, but just handling events in the North American region. Uh, the biggest one is DjangoCon US. I'm not sure, did, I thought they had some other events and if they didn't, I know that they worked to uh, help put on things like Django Girls events and uh, some of those smaller events within other Python conferences. Uh, so yeah, even even if you're like you're like oh DSF, we've been talking about them. This isn't the DSF. This is a, a different group. Um, this this team works to to make sure that the events that happen in the U.S. Uh, go without a hitch, but also uh, they they do some work beyond that as well. Yeah, and you know these communities are also uh, I, I think a lot smaller than than most people might assume if they're not familiar with it. So. Right, Defna and the DSF are are absolutely going to interact. Right, um, there there are going to be uh, people that do work on both sides of that, um, along with um, like like we like we talk about uh, on a pretty regular regular basis with other conference organizers. Right, um, Django events that happen outside of North America. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure can talk with folks uh, that are involved in DEFNA and and uh, get you know things like guidance if if not uh, direct support too. Yeah, the I, I would I wouldn't dare say that this is like the baby board because it's it's not. I, I would say like having gone to DjangoCon, I see the uh, two things. One, DjangoCon often sets a standard. Like when you see what DjangoCon US is doing, you will later on see other bigger conferences trying to emulate that. Uh, so I, I think that there's a, a great, uh, a, it's a great board to to take part of. And um, again, as we'll talk about a little bit later, I I am un, I am in the mindset now where what we need more of are people participating in not only in boards but at like the board participation level so individual contributors voting members things like that things that allow you to have a say in how you want to see these organizations ran how you want to see things you know maintained and kept up uh is is super important so as as always you know we're going to tell you to uh, if you're interested in running, we can't tell you to go vote yet. We haven't had we don't we don't have the notice to go vote, but this is this is the thing that if you have the slightest interest in running, um, especially if you're in like an area that you you think that you can you can have a big impact on. In again, where this is kind of a North American only kind of focus, but I mean, hey, maybe you're in an area where you'd like to see more things happen with with Django events, and uh, you know you can you could potentially help make that happen. 
let's uh let's move on to the oh go ahead before we move on i, I want to make sure that we uh that we've said that this is sort of last call for these nominations um oh yeah the the, the due date for uh for 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 applying for this is uh December third, six p.m. Pacific time. <laughs> you got US, today so. and tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've got twenty, you know, seven hours or something like that. Yeah. So again, this is this is one of those things that it, if you if you knew about it and you need to be reminded, this is your reminder. Um, but also, if you didn't know about it and you think that that's something that you could you'd be happy to contribute to, um, definitely reach out now um, because they're definitely working on uh, filling that spot, filling that open spot that's going to be open at the end of the year. Um, now let's go to, let's, we'll, we'll say, we'll save the Advent code one. Let's, let's go to the DSF one because I, I, I got feelings. It's so the, the DSF board election results happened. Uh, I will first and foremost say everybody that has been elected, I believe, I believe I know I've personally met two thirds of the people here, I guess like four sevenths of the people um, that were uh, chosen for this. And everybody that I've met has been absolutely, absolutely phenomenal and amazing. However, um, you know, John and I talk about this kind of from our own blind spot in that, uh, both of us are in the U S I'm on the West coast, John's on the East coast, but this board selection while checking some boxes, I feel has kind of left, uh, a, me in a kind of a weird situation. And, and the reason I say that is one of the things that I did at Django Khan's keynote was praise the the overall diversity of the DSF board, the racial diversity, the gender dis the diversity, as well as the geographical representation of the board. I thought that I was like, wow, you know, if you wanted a well-rounded board, this is this is it. Uh, what we have now is very U.S. European centric. Um, as well as kind of a primary focus towards um, the, you know, European white ethnicity kind of space. And, and there are there are folks here that, that don't necessarily fit that category. But if if we were to say that the last board was an ex like an amazing example of what we should be striving for, this is an a, an example of kind of like where we're currently at, and and John, like, what what do you think about this? Yeah, so so we talked, you know, you you know, I talked a bit about this offline, um, and I, I think, you know, I, I I agree with you on on the on the note that like I have met several of these people or recognize the names of a, of a couple more. Um, and again, no, I have, I have no doubt that right, this board is going to do a great job. Um, but at the same time, 
you you pointed out uh, that uh, Africa as a whole has lost representation on this board, right? Yeah. Uh, and and so I th I think a lot of what we're seeing with things like this, uh, and and several other people have brought this up. So this is not you know my my unique insight or anything. I'm not going to claim that. Um, it is that uh, at, at the very least from a geographical standpoint, right? Um, we have these boards that are ultimately uh, pretty small compared to the, the number of people, uh, the number of regions they need to represent, right? And uh, that, that leaves right possibilities open for things like this where um you know if if africa doesn't have uh someone someone on the dsf board right there's there there's a a big section of the community that's that's being left out here um and so other people have have talked about doing things like um you know people have called it like a senate model or or a UN model, right, where where the board is more comprised of right uh, a bunch of different regional elections uh, rather than rather than just one one global one. Um, and and I'm I'm really curious to see how how that kind of thing plays out going forward because I I do see people uh, making more and more recommendation along those lines. There's so there's there's a, a couple of things. Um, I think both the DSF and the the PSF are both maybe smaller than they need to be. Um, I know that the way the PSF kind of gets around that is by having these kind of working these work groups or these working committees that. You don't necessarily have to be a PSF board member to be a part of this work group, uh, but it, it, it's kind of a an appointed position that you are able to focus on this space, and it's usually led by a board member or a previous board member. But when I think about what these organizations are designed to do, uh, you know, for both of them, their their job is to enforce a trademark. Um, it's also their job to kind of be the, the representation of the larger community. Like if, if a company is wanting to provide a, a sponsorship or funding to one of these organizations, it, it is this organization's job to be responsible for those funds. And to me to say we have seven people that are responsible for administering and deciding on ultimately the, the greater community of the second largest web framework in Python, which is the, the largest programming language. So the largest programming language, the second largest framework. Um, and, and again, this is, this is just how Python seems to work these days. Because if we talk about like, okay, well, what's the, the largest web framework? And that's Flask. And that is effectively <laughs> managed by one person, um, which is, is, is 
kind of this thing, but but they've never wanted to set up this kind of model. So this is the thing of like where if you've asked to set up this model, you've asked to have this type of support, this type of uh, funding and organization around it, but yet you're not doing things that represent the areas in which these these tools are being used effectively. To me, that doesn't give me a vote of confidence that I should be providing funds to this. And, and that's something that, you know, when I, I went public on Twitter saying, like, I'm kind of upset with the results of this, not because of who was elected, but because of how the the lack of, of geographical representation on this. My first thought was, like, this may not be my place because I'm not I. I mean, at the time, I, I still don't think I technically am. Um, I, I'm not a DSF voting member. I have no say in this. I use the platform, but I have no say in who represents me. And that's one of the things that I know that you've talked about a lot, John, is like, we talk about all these elections, we talk about all these positions because we understand that behind the scenes, you have millions of people or in Django's cases, probably a few million people represented by a small number of people voted on by usually less than 1% of the number of people that are, that are, it represents. So it's important that if you do have opinions, if you do have thoughts, if you do have this, this idea of like what you want to see happen, it's very easy for your voice to actually make a difference because so few people are helping to make this decision. Yeah, and I, and I think part of this is also, um, right, this this might be, you know, you, you may give a, a more accurate answer here than, than kind of the average person um, or the, the, the average Python or Django developer uh even but uh right what do you think the job of the 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 python software foundation and the django software foundation is not not what do you think it should be like what do you yeah. what do you think they're like actually tasked with doing because um i i don't know that a lot of the people who are able to vote in in these uh sorts of things or or at least um you know, could be qualified to uh, actually actually have that that answer like off the top of their head. Yeah, and and I mean, we'll we'll say you know they they won by ranked choice voting, which there there is actually kind of a a whole a lot of people love ranked choice voting. I think that it isn't bad. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's necessarily an, like the answer. It's an answer. Um, but when you talk about ranked choice voting in, in such a small pool, it does kind of come down to what is effectively a popularity contest. And that's, and that's one of the things that we talked about in the last episode of like, hey, like, how do you, how do you vote? Like, when you're trying to figure out who to vote for, the first thing that you should do is like open all the descriptions and read what people have planned and what they want to do and not look for the names that you recognize because that is kind of, it's going to set you up. And and with ranked choice voting, I think what then happens is you vote for the person that maybe you vote for the people that you would like, you know, you like their position and things like that, but then you have to go and then choose 
another set of people and you're like, oh, well, I kind of already picked the people that I really like. So I don't know, maybe, maybe these people that I know, uh, and then you kind of go back up there. So it's, I, I don't, I don't want to blame ranked choice voting, but like when you ask me like, what does, what does the DSF do? I think that this is something that I want to say last week we had one of the, uh, one of the DEFNA board members actually, um, had, or not last week, but the last stream that we did, uh, they had mentioned that there is, there used to be a breakdown of what the DEFNA board or what, uh, not DEFNA board, what, uh, the DSF actually does, what are their responsibilities? Who are they, um, who are they trying to do? Oh, actually, yeah, we got a, we got a good link here. Uh, so going to, and, and this is kind of that thing. So this is, this is from William Vincent, who actually is one of the people who set down, who stepped down. So we have, you know, president, vice president, secretary, and treasurer. And then they have kind of like the Django Khan liaison, uh, trademark enforcement, and then like the code of conduct management. Um, and then they have kind of these other things do handling the survey, handling the merchandising store, which hey, that's a thing handling the, the Malcolm Trenick prize, which is a cash prize, um, handling a, a pie charm promotion, which, I mean, again, a lot of these things are not only do you have those kind of those traditional, you know, the treasurer is supposed to do treasurer things, the secretaries making sure, you know, understanding of what's happening, posting those minutes, making sure that people understand what they're talking about, or, you know, understand that the community knows what's being talked about, but, you know, they're doing, they're like, this is, this is a good one here. The rest of the budget goes towards sponsoring Django cons, Django girl events, related conferences, to the ops team who manage the infrastructure of djangoproject.com, so this this website, um, and a minimum amount to file the required legal and financial forms to maintain 501c3. And this is a this is a US uh, 501 status. So it's like, are they are they affecting the code in any way? I don't know. According to this, the answer is no. But they're they're responsible for the overall community of it and and if that's the case what can we what can we do to ensure that that's that's being handled properly i mean like i said a lot of that funding for django girls i have worked for companies that i know specifically donate money directly to like having django girls events and i know for a fact that san diego didn't do their Django Girls event because of lack of participation, not because of lack of funding. But if I if 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 I weren't in that community, I wouldn't know that. I mean, I even said it earlier. We were talking about Defna. I thought Defna was responsible for Django Girls events. Apparently, it's the DSF. Maybe it's both. Maybe they work together on that. Kind of like you were saying, John. Well, yeah. I mean, the the post here talks about funding for for Django Girls events. I don't I don't believe the Defna board is right. As a yeah, they're not they're not events. Django girls. Yeah, no, Django girls has their own structure as well. Um, but yeah, so so I think that right, you 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 talked about reading through all the the candidate statements, um, but right, this is probably the first place to start, right? When you're when you're looking at voting in uh, in in board elections, you know, and and I don't mean to pick on the DSF specifically. This is just the one that happened, 
most recently, and this is why we're talking about it. Um, uh, when any kinds of elections like this come up, and and you're looking at right who who should I vote for? Um, I think you know step one is is knowing right what someone's actual uh, responsibilities are going to be in that case, right? Because um, you know, you you may have, uh, you know, you may you may see someone's right, platform and 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 say, well, that's uh, that that looks like it's a great fit for you know one role but not another, um, or right, if if you if you see someone saying something like, you know, I I want to join the DSF board and and do such and such with DjangoCon US, well, like there's a whole different other organization for that. <laughs> Yeah, they need to yeah. they need to watch this episode and like start from the beginning. And and so that's that's where my you know, my question comes from is like what do you what do you think this board does? Uh you know, followed by like what are you hoping to see them do? Because a couple of people have uh shared blog posts about, you know, what the DSF board might do in the future or where they would like to see the DSF board going. Um and then on top of that Right. What about the things that that you know are important to you that aren't represented by uh, by board work like this? Right. So, what what other organizations? Uh, and and I'm asking you directly, Jay. Uh, do 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 you think um, people should be looking toward if they if they think right if if they're looking for things that are not covered on these pages? I I think that. If and and one of the things that this this blog post did mention, like what the board does isn't set in stone. Like that's that's on the page here. Um, so like being able to, I mean, like, their words reflect the Django community and adapt as needed. I think that this is where that geographic representation is so important. Um, you know, John, you're, you're in the, you're, if we'll, we'll just say if you lived in Atlanta and, you know, there was this, this vibrant community in Atlanta and you were a part of it. And I said, it's not important anymore. We're, we're going to get rid of it. Or, Hey, we, we have to get rid of funding. You know, we, we have to, we have to make space for something else. So we're going to pull this thing in your area you're you're gonna be the person that's like i mean i might get why but i'm also gonna want you to stay in my area like I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be more uh inclined to defend having something represented locally um i mean i'm sad that django con isn't in san diego every year i mean we got rubycon now rubycon got announced for san diego i mean it's not the same um but if if i wanted something to happen and DjangoCon wasn't doing it. I mean, the only way that I would think of of advocating for it is is saying something, uh, and and being like, "Hey, why doesn't Django? You know, why doesn't Django do this? Hey, why doesn't the DSF do this?" Um, and I mean, I I will say I did not know who was on the DSF earlier this year. I think I found out who was on the DSF around. August, September, 
that's that's what I figured because I I I knew that there I knew that there was a DSF. I knew that it wasn't Defna, but I didn't know anything about the DSF, and I I never hear from them. I never hear anything about them. It's just kind of always it's just kind of quiet. Uh, I hear about the PSF, but I mean, again, I'm you and I are probably an outlier here because we actively listen <laughs> for their voice. Um, but it it was interesting that the board itself was as diverse as it was, but as quiet as it was. And I mean, we we talked about this this earlier. Uh, like Africa lost all of its representation. South America has not had representation, or, or at least from the last board. It didn't have representation in the last board. It doesn't have it this year. Um, and the thing that gets me about this is it wasn't like people didn't run. They had more people run this year than they have ever had run before. Every single continent except for Antarctica was represented in candidacy. And in the end, what we wound up having was the UK, the US, and Australia. And that's kind of it. So now when when I think of what Django is supposed to do or what the DSF is supposed to do, it, I mean, I would just say like, speak and make decisions on behalf of the global Django community. Sadly, I don't think that they can do that effectively the way that they're structured now. I think that they can make decisions from a US perspective, but I don't think that they can speak on behalf of i mean and it's hard to speak on behalf of an entire continent but i mean it's it's much harder to do so when you have zero representation from that continent itself and and this this is going to be a slight tangent but um something i come back to regularly is that the the local communities are Right. Not that I think you should have to choose between, right? Your like hyper hyper local communities and your your like national and 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 continental ones, but um, the local communities are where I've personally uh, seen seen a lot of uh, growth and, and 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 like thriving from from that perspective of. Uh, you know, regional conferences and meetup groups, and, and and I'm coming at this from a you know very right, community events perspective, uh, more more so than a uh, like technical development one. But um, when right when looking at what events to uh, kind of support a a, a big thing for me is like um well PyCon US it ha has right momentum and process and 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 staffing behind it right uh whereas a lot of these other uh smaller events um right do benefit from the PSF I've said this a bunch of times in the past but uh, are are much more heavily reliant on on like volunteer efforts um and then combined with that uh are are easier for a lot of people to uh to to participate in right um talking with someone earlier today 
about right, the next couple of uh, PyCon US events, right? And, um, you know, for me, it's, uh, you know, a four to five hour plane ride to the next PyCon. And, um, you know, the, the, the one following that's going to be closer to where I am, but, but a lot further from you. Um, and for, for folks like us who are kind of just like all in it, right. Um, you know, we, we both, we both make a point to attend and, and participate in events like this. Um, that's an, that's an easier choice for us, right. That, that's going to be a, a, a thing that we prioritize over, um, oh, you know, over other activities we might be doing. Uh, but when it comes to people who are right, maybe not doing this um, for their day job or, or people who are doing this for their day, day job, but it is, you know, just that, just day job. And they're not like expecting to spend their, a, a lot of, a lot of smaller community events happen on the weekend, right? They're not maybe expecting to spend their weekends going and doing more day job stuff. Um, you know, those, the, those more regional events make it easier for, uh, for larger aspects of the community to participate. And, and I think there's some similarity in terms of, uh, uh, governance for lack of a better word here. Um, right. You're, you're. A lot of these do sort of overlap, right? Like your 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 local events uh, are are going to be kind of the closest things you have to a local version of a uh, you know PSF or a DSF, right? They're going th those that's where the people who are who are most involved in um, both the community aspect of it and probably the uh, kind of open source technical aspects of it as well are going to congregate. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I said this a while back about um, the Python Software Foundation elections. I think the the, the same thing is going to be true here with the Django Software Foundation board elections. Um, you know, everybody who who ran for for these board seats, um, I think there were thirty people in total. Um, they all are already active in their communities, right? They're already doing these things. And I don't think they're going to stop, um, right? I don't think they're going to say, well, uh, I've, I've spent all of this time, right, working on this community and, and, and I didn't get elected the, to the board this year, so I'm, I'm just going to walk away. But, um, you know, that that's, I, I guess, um, I, I don't expect those people to all just kind of uh, decide this is no longer what they want to spend their their time and energy on. Um, but but I do think that uh, building up more of that support kind of locally is going to be a uh, a thing that someone like you or I could do, right? Yeah. Um, right. I, I'm I'm also not a a member of the Django Software Foundation, right? I'm, I, I I do some Django development work, um, and uh, you know I'm, I'm a big fan of a lot of the event stuff they do uh, on the on the DevNet side. Um, but 
Right. I, as far as this conversation is concerned, I'm an outsider. Right. The Python Software Foundation, bit of a separate thing. And you can still hear me, right? Okay. Yeah. I, my audio did something weird. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I want to, before we, we, we close up on this topic, I, I, there is a, a point that was made, um, as always. Hey, Kojo. Um, Kacha is from Brazil. So one of the, one of the people that are on is, is Brazilian and, but lives in Europe now. Um, I get that. I, I, I think I would still like to see someone that's, that's kind of in that space now. I mean, we, we do learn how quickly things change and it's good to have someone good to have someone that has a good, uh, eye on things as they're happening immediately. And, and again, there, there is some reason, you know, if you're from uh, an area to, to kind of know what's happening in that area as well. Uh, but when we look at, you know, a few things we, we talk about, what was it like Argentina that just like started using Bitcoin as like their, their national currency. Um, and then, you know, you have some of these, obviously you have the, the elections in Brazil that are a thing that happened. Um, some of the, the forms of, of, I don't, I don't want to just, you know, talk about all these negative things, El Salvador. Thank you. Um, I don't want to talk about all the negative things, but I mean, there, there are even positive things. There are, um, you know, accelerators that happen. There are startup programs that are happening all over Brazil. Uh, so like when you, you have a closer bond to those things happening, John, kind of like you're saying, it's, it's not even a matter of represent representing in form of like, you know, what's my opinion of this place? It is, do I have the knowledge of what is going on in my community? Like people ask me all the time of like, Oh, there has to be a, a great community in Southern California. And I'm like, no, the Python community in Southern California is kind of sad. Um, we have four user groups that never coordinate with each other, never connect, never get together. Um, I, I might be biased, but I'll say San Diego Python is probably the most active of all of them in that we meet monthly. We meet weekly. Um, we do a weekly study group and then a, a monthly meetup. And the, the LA proper user group rarely meets because nobody wants to sit in traffic in LA. Inland Empire is relatively small, so they they don't tend to have that much growth in terms of, of an audience, even though there are a lot of people that live there. I think they just don't know about this event. And then Orange County is Orange County. Nobody likes going to Orange County. I don't know why. Um, and, it's, and it's not even to be mean about it, but it's like we've tried to put events on and it, it doesn't work. And if someone said, well, we're going to do the next big event in LA. I would go, are you sure about that? And here, here's a list of reasons why maybe saying Anaheim or maybe saying, you know, San Bernardino or something like that, honestly might be a better solution. Or if you're going to do it in LA, here's where you have it in LA. And it's like, yeah, someone that's from the U S will know that, but someone from LA is going to have a better grip on that. And then that's where like things like DEFNA are so important because 
DEFNA is represented by that, and they have a process of, of figuring all this out. When we talk about like the PSF's responsibilities, the PSF has this vetting process that takes years um, of figuring out contracts and coordinating all these things. But the only way they're able to, to even get started with that process is they have someone that has some level of access and knowledge of that space. We, we went, I think the, the greater community was very like confused i think is the right word of seeing like oh pycon salt lake city that's 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 where we're going okay um there's a lot of questions about that and we were able to kind of feel somewhat better at least the people that that were able to communicate those concerns we felt somewhat better after we had talked to people and we were like hey, these are our concerns. But the problem that I have now is I feel like the DSF just, there are parts of the world where the DSF, there is there is not that. And, and John, you mentioned this idea of like, the people that ran aren't going to just stop contributing. Like, I, I agree, but I worry that that may become an eventuality is that, you know, you, you can only not be listened to enough or kind of ignored enough before you're like, okay, well, maybe we don't, you know, we don't have that conversation. Um, and sure, that's absolutely fair. And, and, and I didn't mean that, uh, you know, everyone here is going to have right infinite time and energy for, for the things they're doing today. Um, uh, I, 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 I meant to say that I guess most of the people who ended up right in that board election um, got there because they were already doing this work, right? It yeah. wasn't like, yeah. hey, I want to do Django community work. I want to do Python community work, and then and and therefore, right, elect me to this board. Yeah. Right. It's it's. I think most people start with uh, with their, you know, uh, the, their their local meetup groups and user groups and their their regional conferences and they they, they kind of uh, get more and more involved in in organizations as a whole. Um, and 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 I think that's where a lot of the uh, the the stuff about locality I'm, I'm, I'm talking about comes into play because right PyCon US is the the largest Python event right um, that they're you know we'll, we'll we'll see how long that remains true because there there are other events that um, you know could could grow larger uh, in in other areas of the world absolutely I do wonder if there are some events that are probably larger that are just not affiliated with the PSF like we yeah. we you know I've talked with PSF members and just kind of the the fact that we don't really have a good eye on like what the community in China is doing where we do know that the majority of Python developers you know percentage wise do live in China um, sure there could and, be a larger event there yeah and so my point there is like as the the right from from the data that we have, right? As, as the largest uh, Python conference that exists, right? It's it's a couple thousand people, right? Yeah. It's it's the most popular programming language in the world. There are millions of people who use it. 
um, and and the the biggest event around has a couple thousand people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I think part of this is also that you and I and uh, and and anyone that would listen to us talk about stuff like this um, are 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 far more uh, involved and 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 invested in right what some of these organizational bodies are doing then uh i i think you're you know, most python developers would ever want to be yeah right? um i and and i think that brings with it a bunch of challenges of of things like you know i've i've talked about before how uh how small of a group of people choose the next board um but you also brought up earlier things like hey i want to sponsor so-and-so event well that's that's just an event that happens that's not related to this group right? yeah. um they share a name and some branding maybe um but beyond that a lot of these things do operate pretty independently from from one another and from right any any like global python council right there's the 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 Python Software Foundation does not, and I'm pretty confident in saying this, does not want to uh, operate every Python user group and conference around the world. No. That would be a, a, an enormous and and uh, counterproductive undertaking. Yeah. There, there are a couple comments in chat. Um, uh, Kojo, again, says, a person in southern Brazil wouldn't have any more knowledge about the Python Django community in Colombia. Uh, than someone in San Diego who would know about Washington, D.C. I, I agree with that. Also, uh, before I, I give my however, um, uh, Jeff Triplett, and, and I will say one thing I'd love about this is that we have people who are a part of maybe not the DSF, but like are a part of the Django community here that are, are, are speaking up. So these are these are knowledgeable sources for those um, that are listening on the podcast later on. Um, saying the PSF has 13 directors, the DSS ha- DSF has seven uh, one is a two million a year organization. The other one is two hundred k. I understand that, and and my argument isn't necessarily shame on you either one of these organizations. It, it that I don't want that to be the, I don't want that to be what people think. I'm the takeaway here is that you know, this is this is bad. What what I'm worried about is. These are, regardless of how much money they're bringing in, uh, because to my knowledge, both both of these roles are not paid. Um, these are volunteer roles. Um, more than anything, these boards are supposed to be the represent the representation of the people that are using these tools, Python and, and Django, respectively. And there doesn't feel like those communities, like their voices, their opinions, their thoughts are represented at hardly any level. Um, and if it is, it, it is often a, a small number. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, we're, we haven't dived too deep into is how much of that voice is focused in one particular area, which is usually the United States. Um, and and we know that there are reasons for that. These are these are U.S. Uh, these are U.S. nonprofits 
that are designed to represent a global community, which means that there's going to probably be a larger representation of U.S. members. Um, and the reason you do that is so that you can collect those funds. The, the challenge that I've seen with that, though, is, you know, we have... There's a, a, a amazing Python developer, Iqbal Abdullah, who I believe is on the PSF board. I can't remember if he's on the PSF or not. But what I do know is um, he has personally worked to bring a good balanced representation of Python developers across Southeast Asia. And one of the things that he did in this last PSF election, which like the DSF election had the largest amount of people ever run um, was encourage those local leaders to run for these larger positions. And it's it's not necessarily, in my opinion, it, it seems discouraging when it's not even that, oh, I didn't win. It's none of us won. None of us were selected. None of us are were elected to these positions. And instead, most of the roles went to U.S. or European roles. And and that's that's more of when I when I talk about this idea of, you know, I I mean, I wrote this this little dinky blog post about the idea of re replacing the phrase with uh, the phrase underrepresented um, with a better word with, or a better phrase, which is historically excluded. Um, when you're when you feel like you are in a group that has been excluded from the discussion, when you feel like your voice has never mattered and you say, I'm going to do something about it. And you have this big turnout and you have more and more and more people that want to participate, that show that they want to participate and they're can still excluded. That to me is what feels to to be kind of the pain point there. And I'm glad Kojo, I'm glad that Kojo brought a little bit of perspective about Katja, that Katja does come from South America because it was, in my opinion, much worse when I was like, there's nobody here from, from South America. It's like, okay, there's someone that's a South American native that's represented. Um, but again, when you have the, the developer growth that is happening in Africa right now, so many amazing, talented people are coming from Africa. The PSF's vice chair, or PSF's, yeah, vice chair, is that what uh, Marlene was? Or associate director? Cannot remember her previous title. Um, but one of the, the highest positions in the PSF uh, was from Zimbabwe, which was great. Um, and I mean, again, like, obviously has nothing to do with the DSF, but the DSF had such so much representation from Africa in this growing economy. And now there's none. It went from, it went from like two out of seven, I think it was like two or three out of seven to, to zero. And they were replaced with seats in the U S that to me just feels kind of weird. Like it, it feels like we, not that, not that, you know, again, not shame on you, but it's like, I think we could probably do a little bit better than this. Yeah, and, and and I think that's where a lot of the the talk I've heard around different governing models comes into play. Yeah. Right? Because you you can't represent however many hundred and ninety something countries, right, with seven or thirteen board seats. Yeah. It's it's, it's not it's not possible and 
and you know it's uh, it's also I think harkens back to the 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 question of like what do you expect these boards to do right because there there are uh, I, I definitely think there are cases where right if if you if you look at this as like right graduating from from time you're spending on organizing in your local communities to uh to, to a, a more global board right um that can be a net negative right in terms of right if 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 that's taking away from the time you were you were putting toward toward other local things um and and other people aren't stepping up to uh to to fill those gaps right the the local communities can suffer from that yeah um and so right there's 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 a lot to be plenty more to be said around like uh you know how how these things should operate and and i don't know that anybody has uh the right or even a a good answer there at the moment um because I think people ask more of of these boards than they are designed or prepared to do, right? Um, like it's it it shouldn't be the responsibility of uh, of the PSF to to answer for like every event that has anything to do with Python. Yeah. Um, and and you know I, I I I've said it a bunch of times before. I'll say it again, because uh, you know it's it's December. These elections are the the Python Software Foundation elections are are uh, you know some months away now. Um, you know, go go register as a voting member of the PSF, right? If if you uh, contribute to a a Python community um, or uh, Python open source tooling, um, you know you have uh you, you you qualify as contributing and managing members um i might have the order of those wrong i i mix them up constantly um if you uh if you if you make a, a regular donation um right there's there's a, a python software foundation supporting membership tier um that that includes uh voting privileges right and that's that's really what this is all going to come down to right is that Voting is the is the lowest bar here, right? If if you want to see some 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 change happen on one of these boards, you have to get yourself into a position where you can vote. Mm -hmm. And you know, to wrap this up, the one thing that I am encouraged by is this is the the second time, the second you know election that we've said more people have run than ever before. Um, I remember one of the people that was elected, uh, Jacob Kaplan Moss. Uh, Ed mentioned that, like, I mean, you're talking about someone who helped create the the, the framework, and and he expressed, you know, his desire to run was because of his desire to see some representation of the community, um, and that he was worried that he he was worried about like the number of people that might run and and it not being enough. Um, so I can say, no, yeah. Hey cap. I think, uh, I think we're good. <laughs> you know, we, you don't have to worry about that part anymore. You got a lot of people running, 
But uh, also the other part of that is recently we've seen smaller organizations start to kind of amplify what they're trying to do as we, we've come out of, uh, I don't want to say come out of COVID because we're not out of COVID, but once we've, we've come out of kind of this like not gathering or this position of not gathering, um, you know, we've seen like the Pi Texas Foundation kind of increase what they're doing. We've seen Pi Ohio seem stronger than ever before. Um, a bunch of conferences in Africa are coming back, which is super heartwarming. We, you know, we're going to talk about one of them later in the show, um, but we're also going to, you know, we also hear about uh, what was like PyCon South Africa, DjangoCon Africa, you know, just said something about, you know, trying to come back. Uh, the representation is going to be there. The organi the organizational teams to, to represent these areas are going to exist. Um, my hope is even without the official appointment uh, of people from these areas, I hope that the fact that they're still doing things, the fact that they still have their own organizational bodies, I hope that that's going to trickle up into these organizations, that their vo their voices are going to be heard, they're going to be listened to, and that uh, you know they're not going to be just operating without any type of, uh, I don't want to say knowledge, but kind of visibility from these these higher organizations um, and you know that that being said it a lot of this it, like you said john just just sign up to vote if if i i have kind of kind of changed my stance on this a little bit i used to be like i don't want to vote if i'm not you know if i'm not knowledgeable enough of of who should run what these jobs these roles do um but again I, I am, I, I have since, you know, self-nominated and had someone else nominate me to be a, a individual member of, you know, the DSF so that I can vote in the next time that these elections happen. Um, I don't, you know, we have, we have PSF people in here, PS or not PSF, we have DEFNA people here. DEFNA, like we, we talked about the, the open position available on the board and, and asking people to sign up uh in terms of voting are like how does how is how is that appointment going to happen is that going to be a special election that happens how do you become eligible to vote if that is the case if not you know it, it'd be good to know that information and maybe that's something that we can share uh with the community um but john we've uh we, we've been kind of I don't want to say critical. What if we uh, we can be critical about something else, maybe in a, a more lighthearted way? Let's uh, let's let's change gears and talk about this next thing, which I already know I'm on the wrong side of. People are gonna be mad at me. It's fine. I'm I'm here for your vitriol. Advent of Code has started. I you may as well just call me the Grinch. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not here for it. <laughs> Advent of Code is just, I've never done Advent of Code. Actually, I take that back. I've started Advent of Code a couple of times, and what I've ultimately determined is these kinds of things are just not for me. But, uh, John, let's can you provide some a little bit of background for, for those that don't know, what is Advent of Code? Yeah, so Advent of Code is a uh, daily programming puzzle 
that happens right at, starting December first um, and goes through through the twenty fifth. Um, it's a uh, the, the the puzzles start out um, you know on on the simpler side and then they get progressively more difficult right throughout throughout the event. Um, it's uh, from my understanding, it's run by like one person, um, and it is uh, somewhat story driven. Um, right? There's a there's a little bit of a of a framing device around around each puzzle, um, and right the the idea is, um, right? You're presented with a with a challenge in the form of a, uh, uh, you know, a story about um, right. The last time I did one of these, I think it's like. You know, one of the elves have gone missing, or, or you know, and and you have to search the whole warehouse or whatever it is, right? Um, and right, then they then they set up uh, what is likely like a like a classic computer science programming problem, um, and you're given some uh, right simple simple cases to to uh, define your solution for. So it'll be like, okay, here are the here are the inputs we expect, uh, you know, this output from, and then um, when you're actually ready to try the challenge, there's a um, a text file you download that that you you run whatever your solution is against, um, and then over the course, uh, Jay, if you if you pull up the, uh, I think it's just the main page of the admin code site. Um, there's a little. Um, Little board that builds up over over the days as as you fill in the answers. Um, so it's it's a fun uh, it's a fun little uh, programming uh, not competition um, game exercise. I don't know what to call it exactly. Um, that, uh, that that people look forward to every year. It's been going on for a long time. Um, and uh, you know if 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 doing uh, you know, computer science programming puzzles is is your thing, um, and you don't already know about it. Check it out; it's adventocode.com, um, and and you you may you may find it a a good way to you know try and pick up that new programming language you've been uh, you've been thinking about uh, learning. Right? It's a it's a way to apply some of those uh, the, those skills in a uh, you know non work environment. This is interesting to me because I'm still not going to do it. <laughs> you can't make me, but um, uh, there, there are, I didn't think about the idea of like, if you're one of those, you know, if, if, if you're like in a position to where you're trying to learn a new language um, or if you're trying to strengthen your skills in a language, this is a thing to, to use. Um, I I am very much uh, Pam, Pamela's on my side there, uh, but hi Pamela. Um, but you know, saying I'd, I'd rather spend my fairly limited time programming on my own project ideas. Uh, I do think that ultimately there is this there's like this mentality and expectation that. Uh, I feel like a lot of developers push against yet continue to reinforce um, a stereotype one 
developers must always be developing and you must always be working to improve as a developer. Um, I've, I've learned that this is mostly a US focused kind of idea um, that apparently came up in like the hustle, the hustle culture kind of thing of like uh, where we're high paying jobs are competitive, you must be constantly competing. Um, I, I see this often a lot also like in med school uh, where you hear about doctors, you know, pushing to show that they know more, learn more, are able to do more. Um, everywhere else, this is a job. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm going to do my job during job time and I'm not going to do my job when I'm off the clock. Uh, and maybe we're not the right people to talk about this because here we are talking about the language that we, we use in our day to day. Uh, but I, well, is, I do, it is well after working hours for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't think that it is a bad thing, but I, I often get this, like every, every tech company I've worked for, they've been like, Either A, are you doing advent of code? Or B, should we do our own advent of code? In which to both of those, I always say no. Um, is that really, is that a thing? I've, I've never yes. had someone ask me if I've, in, in, in an employment scenario, if I, if I was doing advent of code. I've, I've had two specific holiday well, this is the third, this is the third holiday uh, working at a tech company where the question, is anyone doing advent of code? Are you doing advent of code? Things like that came up uh, in convert, like in formal conversation, like in like official in official channels. Well, OK, so I, I, I want some more context here because like. I've probably had coworkers be like, hey several of us are doing this as a as a you know fun lunchtime activity or something but but i've never had like uh an right a prospective employer ask me about this or were expected of me as part of my job that would be a bizarre way to ask me to spend my time i don't um, so is that is that a thing that i i've like, never has your boss told you to do adventive code so, for the record, my current boss has also said, "I'm not doing Advent of Code, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to push anyone on our team to do it." Um, and again, uh, it's it's not that we're not here to say that this is a bad idea. Um, actually, the question that I, I had that I'll, I'll pose in a second, but I I have worked at a company where a lot of people were very adamant that this advent of code thing was not only a great opportunity, but a great opportunity to build developers in into hacking away and learning about our personal stack, um, which I was like, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm no, uh, but that I want to, I want to kind of put this in the position of the what what is it about development that does i feel like it does two things one it creates this sense of tinkering and kind of this tinkering nature which i mean again you know 
we're not the people to ask about this because we're doing a podcast in our off time about the stuff that we do in our day job. And then is this not just like whiteboard interview as a, as a hobby? I feel, I feel like it's fun. It's cutesy. It's learning whiteboard interview stuff. And, and the reason I say that is there's a leaderboard. Like if, if it were, if it were fun and it weren't designed to help you feel like you're better or worse than so many people get rid of the leaderboard get rid of the like the code battle stuff the code battle stuff is is absolutely whiteboard interviews as a service um in a non-competitive way like that that's how it's designed it is like we've taken commonly asked interview questions and turned them into a service to where you can practice on these and then we will also compare you with everyone else that has done these things um but yeah john i i kind of wanted your opinion on this is is are we are we really doing whiteboard interviews in our spare time? <laughs> I mean, so th- th- well, that's why I said that, that it's a, lo- a lot of this is like classical computer science problems, right? You're going to have things like, um, you know, they're going to be like, hey, implement this way to sort things or, or do, uh, you know, some kind of bin packing or, or, uh, uh, you know, dynamic programming, whatever it is, um, right. That, yeah. th- these are going to call for specific solutions um, or ex- at least specific uh, kind of like uh, concepts in, in your implementation. Um, so is it a, uh, d- does it share a lot with those, those whiteboard interviews? Absolutely. Um would I expect to go into a an interview for a software developer position and be presented with the storyline of Advent of Code? Absolutely not. Um, uh, because that would be really weird. It would be a, a, an extremely strange thing to be like, "Hey, you've got you know fifteen minutes to 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 help get, get these four hundred thousand uh, presents wrapped before uh, before the sleigh takes off." Right. That's yeah. uh, uh, so, uh, I can't speak to other people's motivations for, for doing this. Maybe, maybe that is what they're doing this for is to pr- practice for, um, for, for like whiteboard interviews. But I, I think that says a lot more about the whiteboard interview than it does this set of puzzles. <laughs> um, maybe. Right. Cause, uh, I, I have used this before to, to, uh, be like, I want to, you know, there's this cool programming, programming language that I've been thinking about building some kind of like toy application in. And, uh, you know, now I got to figure out what I'm going to build. And, and, and this solves that problem. Man, when I was, when I was trying to learn Scala once upon a time, this, this would have been a great, great opportunity to tinker with that. Um, that, that being said, there's, The, you you mentioned that these are these are classical computer science challenges. I, I mean, not as a not not strictly speaking. No, like it, it, it's I, not. I, I it's not like the Harvard CS CS one hundred and one curriculum turned into a fun game. But it's like the the things that you're you're doing are 
kind of see it like their computer science. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't started this year's. I probably will. I'll probably make it a few days into it, and and then you know maybe check back a week or so later. But um, you're going to find, yeah, things like um, like the knapsack problem, or or right, like the, these like very right. If if you pick up a a book that says right classical computer science problems you're going to find a lot of a lot of that kind of thing represented in these puzzles so this this is interesting to me because i i'm not a computer science i, I have no computer science background um you said the knapsack problem and i was like i don't know what that is um and this is this kind of takes me to a point that I, again, I, I know your, your, uh, your, I don't want to say your opinion on them, but I, I know that kind of your positioning on the idea of like assistive coding. Um, but there was, there was a tweet at, at one point that came up with the idea of like, to not to put words in, in the original poster's mouth, but it was like, don't, don't use coding like helping tools especially don't use like ai based coding tools with these things like it defeat it it defeats the purpose uh i see uh <laughs> it's like 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 jeff is saying i'm i'm all for whatever joy they you know whatever whatever sparks joy um <laughs> that's that's kind of you know your thing um i I think about this a lot in in terms of when we when we do things that are designed to show people how much they know or to compare them to others around them I feel like that is a kind of a, a, a dangerous and like competitive nature that doesn't need to exist that that reinforces some of those negative habits and and kind of like um like pamela is saying in chat you know moving away from competitive things in computer science and and kind of pushing towards collaborative efforts um, that's one of the things i actually do like about most hackathons is that hackathons are a team-based thing where everyone you know you're working together to solve a problem and yes there is that leaderboard mentality but it's kind of like I'm okay with just removing that and just being like, hey, everybody build a thing. Um, I'm not a fan of capture the flags and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not a fan of any type of ranking or, or competition stuff. Only because I think of the skills required to do these jobs when we, when we talk about doing them professionally. If you're using, I'm not going to say something like Copilot because I know that Copilot does maybe a little bit more and then the way that people do it you know the way it's talked about is again not not this conversation maybe next one but if you're using any type of intellisense or assistive coding that allows you to quickly find the tool or quickly find the things that you need to write the code to solve the problem cool do those things learn about those things there's a great video that talked about this where um uh what's his name something freed um, you know what I'm talking about? Not Bankman Freed. I know he's also in the news, but a different Freed. I, I think Freed's a pretty 
common name, or so I'm Freedman. gonna have to. He, he recently interviewed Guido, so he's he's been like popping up all over my YouTube like views. Is it Jason yeah. Freed? There, I know of at least one Jason Freed. Okay, um, Maybe. but I mean, so the thing about the uh, the the leaderboard though is like. So one, I'm only just now learning that there's a leaderboard. I don't think I've ever clicked on the leaderboard there. Uh, but two, like if something can be speed run, it's going to be speed run. And 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 I don't think you can stop people from doing that. Like there's a there's a whole genre of of YouTube videos that's like breaking down the speed run history of of you know. <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm all for those. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I find that uh, strangely entertaining. I've I've watched a uh, GDQ is like, I mean like there, there there's a there's a YouTube channel called Summoning Salt that uh, who uh, this is by no means related to anything about Python, but you know the person talks about the the history of like weird glitches in Mario sixty four speed running like it, it's. Yeah. It's phenomenally interesting if, if like, if that's your thing. And, you know, this is going to be, uh, again, like, if, if someone can speed run something, they will. <laughs> they will. And, and, and I, I don't think that that's ever going to, that's ever going to change. Should they remove the leaderboard? I don't know. I don't really, I don't really care that it exists as evidenced by not, not knowing about it. it. <laughs> Um, the the uh, really quick the person I was talking about was Lex Friedman, yeah. Uh, he he mentioned this idea of like giving up on Vim and being like I'm just moving to VS Code and and like uh, there was another YouTuber I want to say it was the Prime Gen but that was like the thing that I wish I would have done earlier in my career was become so proficient with the tools that when I did make the decision to change it, it felt like giving, giving up almost not necessarily like almost a language, but like we talked about this, the, the last interview of like when someone is getting started with Python, they wind up using the REPL or they wind up using idle and in many cases, and I would I would posit that neither one of those are really the best experience. The REPL's gotten better, um, but one of the things that developers do is, you know, we we argue over implementation decisions. We argue over tools that we use. I mean, there's a reason why some of these these programs have rich ecosystems. Um, when 90% of the extensions are this other extension, but I liked this color better. Um, there's, there's this level of personality that comes into stylizing things to the way that we want without actually becoming invested in the tools that we use. And, and now, again, not talking about Copilot. Uh, but again, when you have this competitive nature, 
what you're what you're saying is don't do anything that's going to give you an advantage try to try to be fair about it and it's like okay but if that was the case and we tell everybody fine write it in notepad run it in a REPL publish your results then and then you know you would you would standardize it and and that's where I I feel like I I get that anything that anything that we can speed run we will anything that we can be pedantic about we we also will we will we will find ways to nitpick and validate why we did better or worse than the next person and I, again I I just I kind of stand in solidarity solidarity with Pamela here of like I'm, I'm never going to be the fastest Python developer. I don't want to be. But if I know how I can work collabor collaboratively with people, to me, I will I will always look at that as an advantage. And I don't, like, is there a way that people can enter this as a team? Or, or are there ways that people can go in and contribute as a collaborative unit? I mean, is that, I mean, all I see are AOC I mean, answers. <laughs> there, there are no prizes. There's an... You know, uh, look, I, I, I can't speak for anyone, uh, anyone's right, employment experience, but my own. But like being number one on this leaderboard isn't going to get you a job. Uh, this isn't a. I, I know. I know you're saying there are no prizes. I'm just going to highlight from their their page sponsor, right. <laughs> join our leaderboard and solve our puzzles for big prizes. And 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 what are the big prizes? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I don't want to click, click on through. the link. I, my my sponsorship tells me to uh, apply for an Amex card, so like, <laughs> you know, to whatever extent that is a prize, um, the prize of a good credit score comes from. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll keep on refreshing until I can find the uh, find the find the find the you know win prizes. Um, I, here we go. I, I I got a I got a win prizes. This is by. Uh, by JetBrains, so I'm gonna guess that it's like a a, a license to a uh, license to, 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 a to an IDE somewhere. that I already use. Like, yeah. Um, I I think part of this is is you know you're gonna and I'm not telling you to 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 do admin of code. Um, I I I, I wanted to bring it up because I know that a lot of people enjoy it and <laughs> and and it has it has started. I don't um, feel bad at all. Right, raining on people's parade. <laughs> Uh, but like, you're going to get out of it what you put into it in a lot of cases, right? Like there, the, you know, your IntelliSense or Copilot or whatever, isn't going to take the text of this, this problem, uh, today and, and output a solution, right? Like yeah. right now you have to know what kinds of things to reach for. I don't yeah. care if you use something that, 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 that says, uh, you know, okay, you asked for this. Now here's the implementation, right? And because every time I'm, I'm in any kind of scenario of like, oh, well, you know, how would you implement sorting these kinds of things? Like I use Python, I'm going to call sort and not worry about it ever again. Yeah. Like it's, this isn't a, uh, it, it's, it's a bad question. Um, and, and so, right. If, if your answer, if, if your whiteboard question is like, how do you implement this thing that is trivially importable in any programming language you can think of, uh, it's, 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 it's not a great one unless your goal is to actually implement that thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and go ahead. 
I, I think that that's the, this is the first year where, where this has come up and, and there's been a place for me to, to, to vent. Um, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll give a little in, inside, inside baseball. Uh, so we have, we have our GitHub, our GitHub issues, which by the way, if you have a topic that you want us to talk about, we are in the, the dog days of the year, uh, where there are not a lot of topics to bring up. Uh, you're invited to submit a topic, any topic. Any, any news topic, if it's Python relevant, Python adjacent, please be current uh, event, you know, have it be segmented around something that happened recently. Uh, but anyway. Otherwise, John, it's our code for the, or uh, uh, our code's a whole different thing. Yeah. Uh, it's advent of code for the rest yeah. of the year. Our yeah. code is actually also I, a thing we should talk I, about. I say this because John had advent of code in our issue tracker since like the beginning of November. So I've been I, waiting for this. Yeah, no, I saw somebody, uh, uh, I, I, and the person behind it, I guess, um, uh, tweet something like, uh, you know, hey, new website's up or, or, or something. And, you know, not the, the problems become available, right, uh, on, on each day of December. So so I, I saw that, I jotted down in the repo and, and promptly forgot. Um, but, you know, to, to your point about the, the, the competition thing, though, like, I think I dislike a lot of hackathons for the same reason you're talking about disliking this. Like, yeah, it's uh, right. It just just making something that is um, right. A, a, a lot of those are, are 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 really forward about the the like. Oh, you know, great prizes for the the most Silicon Valley solution to a non-problem you can come up with and uh you know this is uh you know whatever teach their own you're gonna do what makes sense to you but um again i i don't think there's any inherent like um you know, I, I think the leaderboard is probably fun for the people who participate in it, but there's no like requirement that you're that you're uh, that you're really competing. In. Oh, I found another one about prizes. I'm just refreshing the page. Um, which you know, good on them. They got a bunch of sponsors. Yeah, you you mentioned kind of the the most Silicon Valley solution to a, to a non-problem. I will say the last hackathon I went to was the first time I'd ever considered applying to work at John Deere because they, they were, they were doing some amazing stuff with like open CV and, you know, it, it was awesome. And, and that to me, it's like, those are the things that I like. And, and if, I, I have still yet to have someone change my opinion that computer science is overrated. Um, I mean, if someone wants to, to to spark that conversation, do it in the chat, um, or just reach out to me on Twitter, and we'll be I'll, I'll be happy to have that conversation with you. But yes, a CS degree is overrated. Um, the <laughs> John's, John's face said it all on that one. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, uh... A CS degree is uh, is not and shouldn't be training for a a a, a programming job. Those are uh, yes different tasks. Agreed. Um, 
I I am going to just throw up what Pamela says here. It's good that the options exist for all sorts of people out there. Um, I just want to make sure that people know they can still count as a coder even if they don't like Advent of Code. Uh, one of my favorite conference talks was um, how to enjoy conference talks as an introvert or, or how to enjoy conferences as an introvert. And it, it's this is great talk that breaks down like to the people that are introverted or to the people in this case that don't like advent of code there's nothing wrong with you it's perfectly fine to not like advent of code i actually thought i was going to be on the the not i won't say the losing side i don't think there is a losing side but i thought i was going to be on like the side that had the majority but actually most of the people in chat are also like eh, advent of code not for me um but also to the industry understand that the way that you present a thing can not only be a turnoff to some people but can be an invalidation to them as well because i think about this and and i i think that most of the code challenge stuff that i've ever tried the thing that has always frustrated me about them is i tend to solve the problem and then when I go and someone's like, oh, you could have saved three lines. You could have saved, you know, 0.3 milliseconds in this, in this thing by execute, by implementing it in this more confusing way. And that being considered the quote unquote answer. And, and that is, that is the frustration that I get with these type of things where what what it teaches people is how to find the ant not not even how to find the answer how to find a particular answer in your case uh we will we will go with the most silicon valley <laughs> answer um which i mean we, this has kind of been an extra episode for us because it's it, you know again light news week uh but you know we we you know, you and I are talking about some of the, the topics and, and I kind of told you about an, an idea that I have for uh, a talk for PyCon. And one of the things that you were you that you brought up with it was this this idea of the differences in industries that Python is prevalent in. And and you know, we were talking about like the financial industry versus like the kind of the VC startup industry and the solutions that are trying to be solved for and in the way that they're being solved. And one of the really interesting, I, I've been having this conversation so much lately in like other live streams and other things of like, you, you can still be a developer. You can still be a Python developer if agile or scrum is not your thing. You can still work in tech if, greenfield projects are just not a thing i mean most people in tech don't do greenfield projects. like you don't do green projects ever like you work on legacy code you work on updating other people's code um and i think that the industry at large really does a bad job at telling people that and that's that's a thing that I believe hurt me uh, just in my my journey into tech. So when I see these things that are designed for how do I give the most 
whatever answer you're hoping for solution versus how do I actually solve a problem that that seems to immediately become a turnoff for me. But again, I'm not here to I'm not here to be the elf on the shelf for anybody. Um, if if you love Advent of Code, it is that time. Uh, I think there's there's some other stuff. There's like our code. There, there's all these other programs that are there. Uh, go ahead and enjoy doing them. John had to step away really quick, but that is going to wrap up the main topics. We're going to go into the quick lightning round about uh, conferences. Uh, I don't have the website open, so I'm just going to remind people that PyCon US, the deadline is approaching. You have seven days from the time that we're recording this. Um, the deadline is the 9th of December, 2022 to get your CFP in. Uh, be sure to do so if you have an idea for a topic. This is the largest, uh, at least that we know of, the largest Python conference on the planet. Uh, some might even say in the galaxy. Uh, so if, if you have uh, a cool idea or a thought or a topic, this is the place to give it. Uh, John, we also have PyCon Namibia. Which again, what happened to my links here? There we go. PyCon Namibia is also happening. It was announced. The CFP is up, uh, and I think it ends the first week of January, uh, and it's in Windhoek in Namibia, and it is happening in on the twenty first to the twenty third in February. Uh, again, if you're in Africa and you can get to Namibia, then that is a great opportunity for you as well to speak uh, in front of a, a bunch of people, and they. They have people that come all over, uh, come from all over Africa to attend. Uh, and then I'm not going to be mean, John, and 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 give you uh, PyCon France. Uh, <laughs> all right. Oh wait, no, it's it's in English. Never mind. Yeah, go ahead, talk about it. <laughs> all right, I was going to say that's going to be a that's going to be a tough one for me, not being a French speaker. Uh, but yeah, PyCon France uh, coming up in February 18th and 19th, 2023. So just a couple of months away. Um, which is, uh, you know, fast approaching. So uh, I imagine that, uh, you know, if you're if you're in France or or, or Europe and uh, in general and can get get to France uh, for uh, for PyCon, uh, it's going to be one of the earlier ones in in mm-hmm. in the year. Uh, there there are oftentimes uh, uh, PyCon US is one of the one of the earlier conferences throughout the throughout the conference season uh but but yeah there are a handful that happen before it yeah and the cfp is open and this is a free event um so uh the conference is free you can you can attend this uh no money uh to from from you other than your travel and and stay of course uh john this this has been a good episode uh i think i think we learned some things uh we learned that that Jay is apparently the miser of, of the group, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the crunch of the group, but I don't know. I, I, I still might have you beat there. Well, I think it depends on the topic, yeah. but uh, if you want to know what that topic is, maybe you can go back and check out some of the other episodes we've done. Uh, usually we're weekly. You can check us out at pythoncommunitynews.com. 
Uh, of course, we have the YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash the little at sign at Pi Community News. We're also on Twitter at Pi Community News. And if you have a topic that you want us to talk about, whether it's an upcoming conference or just something you saw in the news, be sure to go to our GitHub org, go to the topics repo and create an issue of the topic that you want us to talk about. Uh, one of the things that I will remind people is we have been working once again on the YouTube channel. We've been, we've been doing more with the YouTube channel. So if you are interested in uh, not just catching news on a Friday and getting our opinions, but kind of just getting the news as it's happening during the week, go to our YouTube channel, make sure you're subscribed to it. That will ensure, I think we put out two videos this week other than this one, and there may be another one coming up uh, later on. But of course, as news comes out, this should be the place where you hear about it uh, as soon as possible. But that's going to wrap it up for this week. John, am I missing anything? That's all I got. Well, in that case, I'm Jay. I'm John. And this has been the Python Community News.